At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on the look ahead, Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a bowl game on Tuesday. Yeah, we got college football before the national championship game. It is the Texas Bowl, LSU, and Kansas State. And I'll be honest, and and you guys know how much I love college football. This game should not be played. LSU is, I don't know how they're playing this game. The spread has jumped up to Kansas State laying seven. LSU is down to 39 scholarship players available for this game. It's a result of COVID-19, opt-outs, transfer portal, academic, or other suspensions. There's 20 players on offense, 19 players on defense. LSU, their practices have been closed to the media, so no one knows what's been going on with this team. Of their scholarship players, 27 missed at least half of the regular season. 44 different players started at least once during the 2021 season. Brad Davis is going to be the interim coach um, as, you know, Brian Kelly is going to take over as the new head coach. And I just just don't know who's going to play for this team. They, They don't, 39 scholarship players, not one of them is a quarterback. And I don't, <laughs> it's just at, at some point you got to work at, um, you got to look at player safety and just the safety of the, you know, the, the t- both teams. I mean, who, who's going to play quarterback? I, I, they're not saying who's going to play quarterback. Garrett Nussmeyer was the guy who was thought to be the quarterback. But according to a report from The Athletic on Monday, he's not going to play. He's the only quarterback on scholarship. But if he plays, he loses out on a year of eligibility because he redshirted this year. Oh, he played in four games. So he loses out as a redshirt. LSU did submit a waiver to the NCAA asking that if he played, can he maintain his status so can he play in this bowl game and 
still redshirt. And apparently the appeal was denied. And Nussmeyer did not want to burn his eligibility for this bowl game. That according to a report from The Athletic. So the quarterbacks that they have on the roster, freshman walk-on Tavion Falk, and also freshman walk-on Matt O'Dowd. Those are the two options at quarterback for uh, Florida State. I mean, excuse me, for um, LSU. Falk, it says here, won a state championship last season. He is the nephew of Kevin Falk, who uh, is the LSU running backs coach, former Patriot. Um, O'Dowd passed up a scholarship offer from Davidson to go to LSU and walk on. The other potential quarterback is John Trey Kirkland, who is a senior wide receiver. He played quarterback in high school and last or two seasons ago was the scout team quarterback for LSU. So you can either have a wide receiver playing at quarterback or two walk-on freshmen playing at quarterback in this game. Uh, this is going to get ugly. And with a bunch of walk-ons playing against Kansas State, I I just don't, I just, I would not be surprised if this game gets canceled. I'm not rooting for it. I'd love to see these kids go out there and play. Yeah, I'm going to be all over Kansas State if this game gets played because I can't see LSU competing without a quarterback and with 39 scholarship players. Uh, it's just, they're, they're not going to be competitive against the Kansas State team that is more prepared than they are. But it would not surprise me if this game is canceled. If, and, and w- w- what can you say? What are you going to do? Uh, COVID situation, right? Hey, we're coming into this game with only 39 players, and we tested today. We had another nine or whatever test positive, and we're just not going to be able to play this game with 30 players, whatever it is. It wouldn't surprise me. In fact, if that was a bet that was on the board, will this game get played? I, I would take the, the the bet that it wouldn't get played. But if I am playing this game, it's going to be playing Kansas State uh, in Houston because I just don't see how LSU is going to compete without a quarterback. I mean, they're probably just going to line up and run the ball the entire game. So the under, probably going to come into play, 47 and a half. If you think that they're not even going to attempt a pass with uh, two freshman walk-ons and uh, maybe a wide receiver playing quarterback, they're just going to run the ball, hand the ball off, quarterback design runs, options, whatever. And then Kansas State, they've done a good job defensively all season. Um, You know, not allowing a ton of points, right? I mean, they only allow 21 points a game. I don't see how LSU scores. And Kansas State, if they score, you know, 20-something, 30, I still think this game goes under. So that would be my lean, Kansas State and the under in this game on Tuesday night. The Texas Bowl from Houston as uh, we are finishing up bowl season. And the national championship game next Monday will be the final college football game. And then, you know, then there'll be the senior bowl and some other things. We'll get ready for the draft. The draft is going to be fun to watch. I think I saw that Aiden Hutchinson is now the favorite to be the number one overall pick. I I don't buy that. A lot of hype on this kid, but I still believe that Kayvon Thibodeau 
uh, best player in the draft. We're going to do plenty on that as we get closer and closer. The draft order will officially be determined on Sunday night, right? Once the season, once the regular season's over, uh, we're going to know who the top teams selecting are. And then uh, we can figure out, you know, which of the teams are going to be in the running for which players. Like, you know, if you're looking at right now and you're trying to see, all right, well, let's see. Um, The worst record in the league is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions. Uh, Actually, it's the Jaguars are the worst record, right? So the Jags with the number one overall pick. They're not going to go quarterback because they have Trevor Lawrence. They're going to go with the best player here, and the best player could be Kayvon Thibodeau. And then the Detroit Lions will have the next pick. Do they take the Michigan guy in Aiden Hutchinson? I, I would think that they would need a quarterback. I would think they need a lot on that team. You know, going with defense hasn't worked for them in the past, uh, right? There was the, you know, you know Okuda and, and a couple of years ago, Ziggy Ansa, And, it's, you know, they got to draft a quarterback. Quarterback, tackle, something. Uh, going with a def- defensive lineman might not be in their best interest. But anyway, we'll do more on the draft as we get closer. But the odds are out. You can select who will be the number one overall pick. Uh, Hutchinson right now is minus 110 on DraftKings. Kayvon Thibodeau plus 110. Kenny Pickett plus 1,000, the quarterback for uh, from Pitt. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. A couple of interesting results in the NBA here on uh, Tuesday. Excuse me, on Monday. You had the Sixers covering a big line against the Rockets. They won 133-113, to covered a 13-point spread. Uh, The Wizards beat the Hornets 124-121. They covered a two-point spread, so it was good there. The Grizzlies winning outright against the Brooklyn Nets. And you know who was in attendance in that game? Antonio Brown was in Brooklyn watching the Nets and the Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies were six-point dogs. They went outright 118-104. The Bulls with a 102-98 win over the Magic. Magic covering as a 13.5 to 14-point dog. You had the Pistons as a 17-point favorite, winning outright against the Bucs, 115-106. The Jazz beat the Pelicans, 115-104. So they cover. They were about an 8-point favorite in that one, 8.5, if you will. Uh, the Mavericks, a 103-89 win over the Nuggets. They covered as a small favorite. The Warriors beat the Heat 115-108, but Miami covered as a 10.5-point underdog. Uh, the Blazers beat the Hawks 136-131. They covered as a 3.4.5-point dog. And then the Timberwolves with a 122-104 win over the Clippers, winning outright as a 3.5-point underdog. And we take a look at Tuesday's schedule. It's just a short schedule. There's only five games in the association. Um, but there are some interesting games. The Raptors, five and a half over the Spurs. The Cavs are three-point favorites over the Grizzlies. Memphis playing the second night of a back-to-back. Knicks, one and a half over the Pacers. The Suns are a seven-point favorite over the Pelicans. And the Lakers, seven and a half-point favorites over the Kings. Those are your five games for Tuesday in the NBA. And uh, the futures market, still very intriguing. Uh, we're just a couple of days away from getting the debut of uh, Kyrie Irving. 
who is going to be eligible to play on Wednesday for the Nets in Indiana against the Pacers. Uh, and then, you know, the Warriors, Clay Thompson and, and you know, Draymond, and they'll, they'll be at full strength. And is anyone really beating them when they're at full strength? That's the question that you got to ask yourself and take a look at the futures market and see if there's any value on the Golden State Warriors, which right now they're, pretty much might be. We'll go over that futures market coming up next. Plus, we'll be joined by our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, coming up in just a few minutes. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Once again, hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandenberg back here with you, the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. So obviously, there's a couple of big uh, headlines coming in the NBA, and we'll talk about this with uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, who will join me. Uh, 15 minutes or so from now, our senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge here on VSIN. Um, Kyrie Irving probably making his debut on Wednesday for the Brooklyn Nets in Indiana against the Pacers. Clay Thompson probably making his debut on Sunday for the Warriors against the Cavaliers. Uh, the Warriors will be um, at home against the Cavs on Sunday. And that is likely going to be the debut of Clay Thompson this season for Golden State. So now you have to start thinking about the futures. In the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets are your favorite at plus 130. Is there a team that can beat the Brooklyn Nets four out of seven times? And when before you think about that, think about is there a team that can beat the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving three times or the three games that you'll play. Because let's say the Brooklyn Nets finish with the best record in the Eastern Conference. And I know right now the Chicago Bulls actually have the best record in the Eastern Conference. And the Bulls are plus 1,300 to win the East right now. But I think... Over time, I would expect the Nets to rise up. But even if, okay, even if they don't, 
you're going to get, we can guarantee in a seven-game series, you're guaranteed, you know, three home games, right? Um, the team with home court advantage gets the fourth game, but you're guaranteed three home games. Well, you're not guaranteed. Obviously, if you lose, you lose, right? You're only guaranteed the two home games. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. If you play all seven games, Kyrie's not going to play in New York. But if this situation works out, he's going to play on the road. So can you beat the Nets at full strength with Kyrie Irving? And I don't know if there's that many teams in the East that can do that. If there is teams in the East that can do it. I, I, I would say the Bulls. I love the Bulls starting five, but they lack depth. The Sixers, I think, are capable. Uh, but I think it would take a, a monster performance from Embiid. The Bucks can ever count out the Bucks, and when they are healthy, they absolutely are a deadly team. There's a reason why they won last year. Um, but I think that the Nets are the team, but at plus 130, there's not value there. In the West, the Golden State Warriors are plus 250. The Suns are plus 330. The Jazz are plus 425. Those are the three teams that I would bet on in the Western Conference. And I think, for me, it's Warriors or Suns. And I'm going with the Warriors because they've been the best team, them and and the Suns. And, yeah, you could throw the Jazz in as well. But with Klay Thompson coming back, I think it adds an extra dynamic that when they start – to, to really gel with the, the, the rotations that Steve Kerr is going to have to work on, I don't think anybody's beating this team four out of seven. Not so much in the, in, in the West, really. Uh, I just don't see it. I think plus 250 on the Golden State Warriors, I like that to win the West. I like the Golden State Warriors to win it all at plus 550. You know, a little return to glory here for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the other teams that I would place a flyer on, maybe the Phoenix Suns at plus 750. Uh, and then the Bulls at plus 3,000 would be very interesting. Uh, again, love their starting five. I really do. Depth could be an issue. Uh, MVP, Steph Curry's your favorite. He's at plus 120. Kevin Durant is next at plus 240. And Giannis would be after that at plus 750. Uh, I think it's Steph's award this year. Uh, Coach of the year, Monty Williams, just because should have won the award last year. Um, <laughs> Rookie of the year, Evan Mobley is your favorite, and uh, I think he's absolutely going to win that award. I mean, he's had such an impact on this Cavs team that <laughs> it's amazing. The Cleveland Cavs, uh, they still, um, despite losing – um, you know, some players due to injury, Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio, 25-10-2 against the spread. They are still the best team in the NBA ATS. The Golden State Warriors are next at 25-11-2. And then Oklahoma City, a quiet 23-13 against the spread. The Thunder this year are 13-23 straight up. Let me repeat that. The Oklahoma City Thunder are 13 and 23 straight up. 
but they are 23 and 13 against the spread. It's crazy. They are the third best team in the NBA against the spread. Then Memphis at 23 and 15, Chicago 21 and 14. Your worst team in the NBA ATS is the Portland Trailblazers 12 and 23. The Lakers are 15 and 23. The Brooklyn Nets are 14 20 and 1 ATS. Uh, your best over teams in the NBA. Toronto 20 and 13 to the over. Miami 22 and 15 to the over. Houston 22 and 16 to the over. Your best under team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are 22 11 and 2 to the under this season. Dallas 22 12 and 2 to the under. OKC 22 and 14 to the under. So the trends would tell you Warriors and the under, OKC and the under. Those are some uh, you know trends that kind of go hand in hand. Uh, even Chicago and the over would be um, actually no Chicago is not that great to the uh, over under. I guess I was thinking about Miami, uh, but the two of the top three teams in the NBA against the spread are also two of the top under teams in the NBA in the Golden State Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they cover and they uh, hit the under um, at an alarming rate. Cleveland is covering by the highest margin, too, in the NBA, uh, and then the Golden State Warriors. But right now, your best record ATS is still the Cleveland Cavaliers. So take that into consideration. Moving forward, uh, obviously the injuries have you know hurt them a little bit, uh, but we'll see how they continue to move. They're six and four in their last ten games. That includes a one hundred eight one hundred four win over the Pacers most recently. So um, twenty one and sixteen overall for the uh, Cavaliers, but twenty five ten and two against the spread. Uh, in terms of uh, let's see, defensive player of the year, Draymond Green is your favorite. Sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, and overwhelming favorite to win sixth man of the year. He's minus 300. Kelly Oubre is next at plus 1,600. So it's Tyler Hero uh, or bust to win um, the uh, sixth man of the year. Is there anybody else that could be considered for coach of the year other than Monty Williams? You know, Steve Kerr absolutely is going to uh, find himself up there. Um, I think Steve Nash could, um, but, you know, when you have a team as loaded as the Brooklyn Nets, uh, don't know if that's going to be something that would be considered for coach of the year. Um, I think Monty Williams, look, he he really, again, should have won the award last year. And so I would think that, you know, he wins the award this year. The Suns are still uh, absolutely one of the best teams in the NBA. So it's not like they're having a, a mediocre year. This is a team that is 28-8 and eight this season. So I think he would win your coach of the year. So that's a look at the futures in the NBA. Um, you know, I like Steph for MVP, uh, Mobley for rookie of the year. Uh, no real read on most improved player, but um, coach of the year, I go Monty Williams. And then when you look at the futures, I, I do believe the Golden State Warriors are going to, uh, they would be the team that I would back. 
if it's not the Warriors and you're looking for a little longer odds, Phoenix Suns and Chicago Bulls. And those would be the teams that I would back here uh, moving forward. We'll see what our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, thinks about the futures market in the NBA. Plus, we'll talk to him about Kyrie Irving's return to the Brooklyn Nets. How much of a boost does it give them on Wednesday against the Indiana Pacers? And with Klay Thompson returning to the Golden State Warriors this Sunday against the Cavs, will the Warriors then continue to take off and look even better than they have so far this season? JVT joins me next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R. If you have a thought on a futures bet in the NBA, you can share that with me as well. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Our next guest is kind of a big deal. He is our senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge here on vcin. It's Jonathan Von Tobel joining me now here on The Look Ahead. And JBT, there's a couple of uh, circled dates on the calendar this week in the NBA. You have Kyrie Irving's potential debut against the Pacers on Wednesday for the Brooklyn Nets and Klay Thompson's debut for the Golden State Warriors on Sunday against the Cavaliers. Which one are you looking forward to more? Ooh, I mean, looking forward to from a fan standpoint, uh, it would be Klay Thompson. Like, uh, Klay Thompson is one of my favorite NBA players. He's absolutely fantastic when he was at his prime. Uh, right, one a, a fantastic on-ball defender, one of the most lethal shooters in the NBA, arguably just from like a pure mechanic standpoint, actually a better shooter than Steph with how quick he can get that up and out. So uh, I think with the one like I'm really excited to watch, it's, it's absolutely Clay Thompson to see what he's got left after. I was, you know, it's funny, I was just talking to my wife because she's a big Warriors fan. Hmm. The last time he played was in that finals game against the Toronto Raptors. We were actually at in Anaheim watching the Dodgers and uh, the Angels play the freeway series. And I told her, like, yeah, the last time he played was when we were at that baseball game. It was two years ago. Wow. He was, he was astonished. So, you know, I'm really excited to see Clay Thompson and what he's got left. Uh, in terms of which player will have the bigger impact on their team, who's it going to be? Oh, well, I think it's definitely Kyrie, right? Because Clay Thompson, we haven't seen him for two years. And it, Steve Kerr said, right, they, you know, he said all the right things. He's going to start. He's no minister, all those things. But it's been a while since we've seen Clay Thompson play competitive basketball at a high level. Kyrie Irving has just been kind of sitting around waiting for the vegetarian version of the COVID shot. And that's about it. So you're, you're kind of sitting there and expecting that Kyrie Irving of the two is probably going to hit the ground running the easiest just because he's been waiting to be called and said, hey, come play, as opposed to this guy has been working his way back from two major injuries and we haven't seen him play in so long. I was looking at the futures market and just trying to think if there's any team that I would bet over the Brooklyn Nets to win the Eastern Conference. Uh, one that stood out to me in terms of just a nice long shot value, Chicago at plus 1,300. Uh, yeah, they're in first place right now, but also I love their starting five. I'm concerned about their depth a little bit, uh, but just trying to think of a team that could beat them in a seven-game series, and and I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly one right now, JBT. Is there a team out there that you think can beat the Nets in a seven-game series? 
Oh, yeah, I think so. I think it's the best team in the Eastern Conference. It's Milwaukee. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, when they're fully healthy, I think is the best team in that conference. If you look at their depth, right, you want to talk about that? Uh, they have it. Grayson Allen is an absolutely fantastic player. Bobby Portis, Dante DiVincenzo, like the list goes on of like quality role players they have around Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? We can go back to the way they won that series against the Phoenix Suns where we saw how lethal those small ball lineups could potentially be. Now, I think you're a little worried because Brooke Lopez underwent relatively serious back surgery at the beginning of the year. Haven't seen him pretty much all season long. Uh, does DeMarcus Cousins fill that role adequately on the defensive end? Because Brooke Lopez is brilliant when he's out there. That drop coverage that they play when he's uh, when he is playing. So I, I think that's your worry. But you know, there's always concerns with every single one of these teams. But I think at the end of the day, for me at least, when, when it comes to my power ratings and when these teams are at full strength. Milwaukee, to me, is actually the best team in the Eastern Conference. They, they've won me over from the finals run, from the victory, and from what I've seen when they're finally at full strength and all those guys are playing together. Bucks plus 300 right now to win the East. What about in the West? Uh, I think it's just a three-team race, Warriors, Suns, and Jazz. Anybody outside those three have a chance? Yeah, I, it's hard, right, to to, to make the argument because I think the one there, there's two teams, right, and I think it's Denver and it's the Los Angeles Clippers, but it's also just banking on the fact that like, hey, man, they're two role players, they're key stars to come back from Murray for the Nuggets and Ka- Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers, and maybe they find some momentum near the end of the season and they can win it. But the, the two problems with that are one, you're not getting the odds, right? I think Westgate with the lone book that just moved the Clippers to 100 to one after the Paul George injury, so maybe that's worth looking at if you want to. But I think when it comes to the Clippers, the worry is with this Paul George injury, do they get knocked out uh, in terms of like now they're going to be fighting for a play-in game, right? Because he's not going to get reevaluated for a month. And then all of a sudden, if they're a play-in team, does Kawhi Leonard go, hey, you know what, maybe I'm not going to come back this year, right? Like I think that that Paul George injury really has a lot of ripple effects. And from the Denver Nuggets perspective, you know, maybe you feel a little bit better about that because Nikola Jokic has been incredible. And once Jamal Murray comes back and they start to get a little bit healthier, this is a team that is legitimately deep. But again, the odds, I think, just don't reflect where they're at at this point. We're talking about, what, 15-1 to to win the Western Conference. I would want a little bit more meat on that bone if I'm taking that shot right now if it's the Denver Nuggets. But I think those are the two, and I'd probably put the Nuggets ahead of the Clippers because I think we know that Jamal Murray is going to be back at some point this season. In terms of betting uh, on a day-to-day basis here on the league, JVT, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers are the best team against the spread. 25-10-2, and and they've been such a cash cow early on, uh, but they first lose Sexton. They're able to overcome that. Now that they lose Ricky Rubio, uh, they don't really have uh, somebody to dominate the ball um, pretty much for them. Uh, Is this a team that, you know, the – we just smile and remember the good times, and we're not going to be able to back them here moving forward? No, I think you can still back them, um, and they're not going to be anywhere near as right effective against the spread as they once were. But look, with Ricky Rubio off the court this year, they still have a positive net rating at plus 2.3. Uh, one of their best lineups without Ricky Rubio is Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Larry Markinen, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. They're outscoring opponents by 13.3 points every 100 possessions. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's still plenty of effective guys and rotations that are out there for Cleveland. But but I think for me, when you're looking at it, one, the market's caught up with them, so they're not nearly as effective. And the other thing is, offensively, they really fall off with that Rubio. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm choking. I got a dry spot in my throat. But regardless, <laughs> the, the point is I'm getting choked up because Rubio's not playing anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're it is. Still, yeah. They're still going to be a really good defensive team. It's just the offense drops off without them. So you're just going to have to pick your spots. Now, you you actually have a future on Darius Garland, you said, to win, what, most improved player? Yeah, and so last year, uh, you know, I, I had a little success in this market. I had Julius Randle at 22-1 to 1 
mm. to win most improved the season ago. And it was actually kind of a similar scenario because, you know, at that time, Jeremy Grant was like a $5 favorite to win the award. Yeah. And if you looked over the the numbers, you were like, well, wait a minute. Like Jeremy Grant has been scoring more points, but from an efficiency standpoint, he hasn't even improved. And you look at this market now and you realize that at that point when I made that bet, it was kind of the same thing. John Morant had been injured. Miles Bridges, from an efficiency standpoint, had really fallen off. It's just the points has gone up. Darius Garland across the board has become an extremely efficient shooter and just scorer in general. And one of the key stats that gives you that idea, points per shot attempt or points per 100 shot attempts, it's, it's a metric that's up on cleaning the glass. He's averaging 11 more points per 100 shot attempts this year, Darius Garland. And that's just one of many stats that he's improved in. John Moran is the favorite at this point, rightfully so. He's been incredible. But if you're talking about just, like, value on the board, like, I don't think Miles Bridges should be plus 240. DeJounte Murray's a really good piece there, too. But Garland's got an incredible resume to win this award. 60 to 1, to me, provides some value. Wow. Monty Williams, your coach of the year, as a we-should-have-given-this-award-to-you-last-year award? <laughs> you know, it could have been, but I mean, how about the team we just talked about? Like J.B. Vickers has done an incredible job with the yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Like if they're, and especially if if they overcome the loss of Colin Sexton, they overcome the loss of Richie Rubio, and they're still outside of the play-in, and they win a top six seed, right? Why wouldn't it be J.B. Vickers' staff? Mm-hmm. Monty Williams deserves to be the favorite. The Suns are awesome. But I think outside of that, if you're looking past Monty Williams, who should have won it last year, yeah, I think it's Vickers' staff. Vickers' staff, more so than Billy Donovan? Yeah, I think so. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you one dark horse for this too, because uh, they just got a win today in Brooklyn. Taylor Jenkins has done a great job with the Memphis Grizzlies. They they won, I think it was ten of eleven games when John Morant was out. They've been playing with the guys that have been absent left and right: Anthony Milton, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and they're still winning games and they're getting almost better every single week. It seems. Uh, I think the Taylor Jenkins at fourteen to one right now is a dark horse. Like if you're looking around to take a shot somewhere, it'll probably be Taylor Jenkins. Donovan's definitely a candidate. But I think when you're looking at the teams that we're talking about, right, the Suns could be the number one overall seed in the Western Conference. The Cleveland Cavaliers coming out of nowhere, and it's the same thing with the Memphis Grizzlies. It just strikes me as those are more impactful coaching jobs as opposed to Donovan, not to lessen what he has done, but those I think would garner a little bit more sympathy from voters as opposed to Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls. The Toronto uh, Raptors are the number one over team in the NBA right now, but their home situation is kind of in flux in terms of the fans. How does this affect the totals now? So I think this is really interesting. So for those who don't know, the Toronto the Toronto Raptors, they can have up to 1,000 fans, but the first two games it looks like they've been playing with no fans whatsoever. Yeah. So they're back to these empty arenas. Well, here's the thing. Go back to the bubble and go back to the beginning of last year when there were no fans in the stands. Remember, all we were talking about were high, how high scoring these games were. Mm-hmm. And among other things, part of it was improved shot line, or sight lines for a lot of these players because there's no fans in the stands. There's nothing. It's just literally an empty gym in a, in a hoop in front of you. And we saw the shooting numbers skyrocket in the Orlando bubble, and we saw incredible offense at the beginning of last season. And I think you might start to see that here with Toronto. And it's a short game sample size. You mentioned they're one of the best over teams. Well, the first two games in Toronto without fans have gone over the total. So I, I think this is just something to monitor here as we look at some of these Raptors games. Are these games going to continue to go over, especially at home, given the fact that these guys for the next three weeks are going to be playing in an empty gym, and now all of a sudden it's just like practice once again. It's just like these empty arenas they played in during the midst of the pandemic. Yeah, well, they will be home against the Spurs next. We will take a look at that total. JVT, always appreciate the time and the insight. Happy New Year, my friend, and I'll talk to you real soon. Good to talk to you, man. Thank you. There he is, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst and host of The Edge right here on VSIN. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead on the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. I think D.C. had a bunch of snow yesterday, so hopefully a fun day had by all in the DC metro area. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, we went over the uh, things in the NBA with Jonathan Von Tobel. Uh, appreciate him jumping on. Uh, you just had one game on the ice on Monday, the Rangers with a 4 1 win over the Oilers on Tuesday. You got a much bigger schedule and a couple of heavy favorites on the board um, that, you know, maybe could be worth a little money line parlay look. Uh, Boston minus 250 against the Devils. You have the Lightning minus 210 against the Blue Jackets. Colorado minus 240 against the Blackhawks. Winnipeg minus 200 against the Coyotes. Uh, So a couple of heavy favorites on the ice on Tuesday uh, in the NHL. Uh, One college bowl game that will take place here on Tuesday, hopefully, if they play, it's LSU, it's Kansas State, it's the Texas Bowl. LSU decimated by opt-outs, injuries, transfers, COVID. Uh, They only have 39 scholarship players for this game and uh, no scholarship quarterbacks. They have a senior wide receiver that could play quarterback. They've actually haven't said anything about who's going to play quarterback. They have two freshman walk-ons that could play. Uh, and they have uh, a wide receiver that can play quarterback. I, I expect if this game does get played, because I think it could get canceled, but if it does get played, uh, I'm going to be on Kansas State in the under because I just think that LSU will hand the ball off and just run the ball the entire game and um, don't see them scoring any points really on this Kansas State defense. So I do like the Wildcats and the under in the Texas Bowl on Tuesday night. Uh, the story in the NFL here on Monday was Ben Roethlisberger's final game in Heinz Field as uh, he's going to retire at the end of the season. Pittsburgh Steelers, they win. And they're not going to make the playoffs because the Colts aren't going to lose to the Jaguars. Like, that's the situation. 
the Colts play the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are 15-and-a-half-point favorites. The Colts need a win to clinch a playoff berth. They're not going to lose to the Jaguars. Jaguars are terrible. But it's nice that the, the, the win for the Steelers means that their game against the Ravens means something. And that's that's nice. Right? Like, that's a good feeling to have. Like, what was it? I think it was um, Derek Jeter's final season. The Yankees didn't make the playoffs, right? Um, but I think it was the... Um, he every game meant something. Like if you looked at the standings in the twenty fourteen uh, season, like let me look at the twenty fourteen. That was his season there. Yankees for the wild card. What was it? That eighty four wins, eighty four and seventy eight. Royals had eighty nine. Uh, and the A's at 88, whatever it was. There was like, it was every game he had played for his entire career up until a certain point was a meaningful game. Like he didn't play any games where the team was already eliminated until, I guess, you know, at the end of the the run there. And that's kind of like, it's a nice feeling for Ben Roethlisberger in his final season to, to play a game that actually means something instead of, the game not meaning anything. So it's nice that his final home game actually meant something. His final game, which will be against the division rival, Baltimore Ravens, and you look at the history between those two teams, it's nice that it means something. How do we feel about the Steelers and the Ravens in that game? I don't even know who's going to be at quarterback for the Ravens. There's no spread right now on that game. I do believe the Ravens are favored. At least that's where it was when I last saw it before the game was, uh, before it opened up. And yeah, Ravens are minus four and a half up on DraftKings right now over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Total of 42. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens would win that game, even if it's Tyler Huntley at quarterback instead of uh, over Lamar Jackson. They're just a better team than the Steelers. Um, does Big Ben and, and give them a little bit of boost? Do they play with a little bit of pride? And, uh, you know, who knows? And how do they react when they find out the score of the Colts game? That's always something that I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in when it comes to these situations. Like, we we've seen in the past in a variety of sports where Teams will not show the score on the stadium scoreboard of the other game that, you know, they need help in, right? There's no scoreboard watching. They don't want the players looking up and seeing it and anything like that. And then it's always like a fun moment when you hear the fans start to cheer because everyone's like getting the alerts on their phones or everyone's checking the score on their own and they see something happen where like, um, like, let's say the Colts take the lead. Like, you could be watching that game in Baltimore on Sunday, and then let's say the Colts uh, are playing a close game, 
and the Jaguars take the lead in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden the stadium in Baltimore just erupts because the fans checking on their phones, you know, saw what happened, and they know that they, you know, there's a chance that they can make the playoffs. But uh, it's you know good for Ben, good for the league uh, to have another meaningful game on Sunday, because. Um, the more meaningful games, the better this slate's going to be. And right now, there's only a couple of games that are truly two teams not in it. Or one team that has already clinched something, and the, other, the other team means nothing. Like Chiefs-Broncos mean something. Chiefs are still playing for seeding. Cowboys-Eagles, meaningless. They're both locked in. Cowboys are the four. Eagles are the seven. Um... Bengals, Browns. Bengals can still play for seeding. Otherwise, it's probably not going to happen. Packers are done. That game is meaningless against the Lions. Bears, Vikings, meaningless. Washington, Giants, meaningless. Colts against the Jaguars. Obviously, Colts need a win. They're in the playoffs. Steelers, Ravens. We just talked about that. Titans, Texans. Titans need a win to clinch the one seed. Uh, Saints, Falcons. Saints need a win combined with a 49er loss. Uh, Jets, Bills. Bills need a win to win the division. Niners-Rams. Rams are playing for seeding. 49ers need a win to get to the playoffs. Patriots-Dolphins. Pats need a win to win the division if the Bills lose to the Jets. Uh, Seahawks-Cardinals. Cardinals can still win the division if the Rams lose and they win. Panthers-Bucks. Tampa just playing for seeding. And then Chargers-Raiders is a playoff game. That's There's no other way around it. That's a playoff game. The winner is in. The loser is out. The playoffs begin on Sunday night. That's when the playoffs start. So we'll go throughout our entire slate, the two games on Saturday and the entire slate on Sunday, and then Sunday night at 8.20 Eastern time on NBC will be the the start of the playoffs right here in Vegas. The Raiders and the Chargers, and that spread has dropped. The Chargers are now two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Raiders. This one, to me... I think it goes to the Chargers. They, they've played bad games this year. We, we know that. The, the game against the Texans was disgusting. The game against the Broncos was meh. You know, the loss to the Chiefs, um, uh, they played fine. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that that was, what, that was a bad loss. But they've also come up with some good wins. And last time they played this Raiders team, they beat them uh, 28-14. to And I think they'll beat them again. Um, you know, the Raiders give them credit. They have put themselves in this spot, and they absolutely deserve to be here. With everything that this team has dealt with this season, with the Henry Rugg situation, the John Gruden situation, and losing five out of six games to win three straight against the Browns, Broncos, and especially last week against the Colts, to give them a chance to get into the playoffs is just incredible. But I think the run ends on Sunday night, and I think the Chargers get the job done. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you play. 
Before you play. Before you play. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.